water gurgled nearby, welling into a dark pool at the bottom of the slope. Above the pool, the ray of light dangled like a golden ribbon. He charged down the slope to catch it, feet skidding on mushy soil and sharp air driving into his lungs as he stumbled the last distance down to the banks. A sheet of lacy ice covered the water and prevented reflections, so all he could see in the pool was darkness. The ray had vanished. The clouds had coalesced too fast. He was panting, hanging his head and resting with hands on knees. His breath hung in the air. Are you okay? He spun around and felt his foot skid on a clot of soil. He fell forward and stumbled up again with filthy hands and cold muddy patches on his knees. A girl sat neatly on a flat rock. Somehow he'd not seen her. She looked like she'd stepped through the screen of a 1950s movie. Her skin and blonde hair were such pale shades they looked monochrome. Her long coat was tied at the waist by a fabric belt. She was probably a few years younger than him, in her early twenties, wearing a white hat with matching gloves. Sorry, she said, if I surprised you. Her irises were titanium grey, her most striking feature. Her lips were an afterthought and her cheekbones flat. But her eyes... He realised he was staring into them and quickly looked away. He turned to the pond in hope of the light. On the other side of the water was a field marked out by a stringy barbed wire fence. A shaggy grey ram stood there, horns like ammonites, staring into space. Past that, the woods began again, with no sign of a farmhouse attached to the ram's field. Nor was there any sign of the light. Are you sure you're okay? Have you lost something? Light. He turned back to her, wondering if she might have seen it. It was on the rock beside her, beamed through a hole in the clouds. Shh! He spent half a second aiming, then took the shot. What are you doing? He scrutinised the image on the camera's screen. A fine photo, all told. The girl's half of the stone steeped in a tree's forked shadow, the other half turned to a hunk of glowing amber. But wait, on closer examination he had made a mess of the composition, cropping the ends of her boots. He bent closer to the screen. No wonder he had made the mistake, for the girl's feet sat neatly together in a pair of boots many sizes too big for her. They were covered in laces and buckles, like straitjackets, a walking stick lay across her lap. I'm still here, you know. He looked up, startled, and I asked you what you were doing. What? Are you a photographer? Yes. You're a professional? No. Amateur? He frowned. You're an unemployed photographer? He waved his hands in vague directions. This complicated question often worried him. What other people could not realise was that photography wasn't a job, a hobby, or an obsession. It was simply as fundamental to his interpretation of the world as the effect of light diving in his retinas. I cope, he mumbled, with photography.
She raised an eyebrow. It's rude to photograph people without their consent. Not everyone enjoys the experience. The ram grunted in its field. She carried on. Anyway, may I see it? The photograph you took of me. Midas timidly held out the camera, tilting it slightly towards her. Actually, he explained, um, it's not a photo of you. If it were, I'd have framed it differently. I wouldn't have cropped the tip of your, um, boots. And I'd have asked permission. Then what's it a photograph of? He shrugged. You could say it was the light. Can I take a closer look? Before he'd had a chance to figure out how to word a sentence to say no, not really, not quite, he wasn't that comfortable with other people handling his camera, she reached up and took it. The carry strap, still slung around his neck, forced him to step unbearably close.